You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Champions League is back. We have Barcelona, Juventus, Chelsea, PSG, all playing on Tuesday. We got Roger Gonzalez to break down all the latest news from American players in the tournament, as well as Jimmy Conrad with his easy money on preview. And of course, Jonathan Johnson to break down everything that's going in Liga and Europe. Stay right here because the Champions League Tuesday preview begins right now. Welcome, everybody, to Que Golazo, as promised. It's a loaded episode, Champions League returns, and we begin with CBS writer, insider, Roger Gonzalez, to break down the American influence in the tournament. Roger, how are you, buddy? Doing great, thank you. All right, Roger, let's get straight to it. Let's get straight to business. Christian Pulisic, are we going to see him this week, especially in the Champions? What do you say? Yeah, he, he's out. Uh, you know, Frank Lampard said he's hoping to have him back at the weekend against Tottenham. You know, he's dealing with that injury that he picked up in that match before Burnley where he slipped uh, just before the game, which he was supposed to start. You know, he didn't see him with the U.S. men's national team. He was in camp for a little bit, then went back uh, to the Blues. And so, you know, again, it's this injury bug with Christian. It seems to be kind of a, a recurring theme that, you know, some are getting a bit concerned about from the outside. But on the inside, you know, his camp, they seem confident that he'll be able to uh, to get back to the field pretty soon, hopefully this weekend, if not potentially next week in the Champions League. Well, Chelsea playing Rennes, so maybe this is a game that he can afford not to play. And moving from Chelsea to Barcelona, uh, Roger, some more Americans in there. They're traveling to Dynamo Kiev. We know that uh, De Jong is not going to be part of it. Messi is not going to be part of it. Is this an opportunity, Roger, for maybe De La Fuente as well as Serginho Dest to uh, get some minutes? Yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, I think we'll see Dest in the, in the match uh, regardless. Obviously, we saw him come come on for uh, for Gerard Piquet. Uh, he's someone who I think, uh, you know, is, is going to get his chance in the Champions League uh, in this match. As for Conrad, you know, you wonder, you know, now in the Champions League squad, is he going to get some time? You know, this is a dysfunctional attack. From, from Barcelona where they just they're just never really in sync without Messi you wonder how exactly they'll line up and you know Ronald Koeman their coaches you know he has the stance right now that you know they're in a great position that's why they can rest uh Frankie de Jong and, and Messi and so I wonder if there's just an opportunity there for him you know not that he's not taking this game uh seriously but he's taking uh taking it lightly and and realizing that you know, here's an opportunity to maybe give some guys some other minutes. And, you know, it'd be certainly a big spot to, to see Conrad, you know, have his first team debut. Let's talk about Tyler Adams, Roger. It's a big game, probably the biggest one. I think when you look at it, uh, PSG against RB Leipzig, uh, obviously the turnaround here uh, as they come back, PSG looking for a win here. How's Tyler uh, Adams looking um, as he approaches this game? We've talked a lot about Pulisic and Reyna and so many other, but Tyler Adams very quietly is just doing his thing. How's he doing? Yeah, so he didn't play in, the, in their last match against Eintracht Frankfurt, played in the match before that against Freiburg. And then obviously we saw him with the U.S. men's national team. You know, not, to, not it was nice to not see him play, you know, in defense. 
playing there in the midfield with, with Musa and Weston McKinney. And I thought it looked really good. You know, he looks so comfortable sitting in that deep role. He's not a big guy. You know, he doesn't look older than 16 with his baby face, but he's a ferocious player who certainly has the potential to, to be really key. And so, you know, hopefully he gets an opportunity in this one, but I think he's somebody who's, you know, continuing to progress and, and show that ability he has in the middle, whether it's picking out a pass like we saw to lead to that one goal where he set up uh, the, the cross from Weston McKinney. Um, but I think he's someone who has uh, a really, really high ceiling. He's gotten some time with RB Leipzig, and hopefully uh, here soon he he, uh, he gets some more minutes. Let's talk about Gio Reyna because, uh, you know, he did uh, – he had a good camp with the U.S., uh, but obviously such a busy schedule. Dortmund beat Hertha Berlin 5-2, Erling Haaland with four goals in that one, but Gio Reyna didn't feature. What's the latest on him? Yeah, you know, he obviously had all those minutes with the U.S. He went the full 90 in the first one, did about, what, 60 or 70 minutes uh, in the second match uh, against Panama. And so, you know, I think, you know, they're certainly trying to be a, a bit cautious with him and not overdo his minutes. He did have a, just a short cameo uh, at the weekend in that big win over Hertha. And so I think we'll see him certainly play here. And, you know, that relationship that he has with Erling Haaland and the chemistry that they're building is, is something that can change a game, especially in the second half. I think, you know, without Ray, that's certainly still a match that Dortmund uh, should be able to, to win. But I think with him, uh, if it's tight in the second half, he, and if he doesn't start, he can come on and, and make all the difference. And he's just growing into a, a star player with, with such a great vision and, and someone I think uh, can be the face of Dortmund for years to come. Finally, Roger, Weston McKenney. Hopefully our producer Brad will put it up on YouTube as I'm talking, but he got the, uh, he got the boat trip treatment from Cuadrado and Morata. Uh, if you watch it, watch it on social from Juventus's social pages. Uh, Juventus playing French Varus on Tuesday. Uh, what can we expect from Weston McKenney in the Champions League? Yeah, I mean, I think this is an opportunity where he could potentially start, obviously playing against an inferior opponent that they should win regardless of whoever they have out on the pitch you know he came off the bench in the two nil win against Cagliari at the weekend and you know he's just someone that you know from what I hear from the Juventus side people have been really impressed with just his tenaciousness just his ability to, to fight for balls and, and go in hard really he's not anyone who who's going to go into a tackle softly and I think you know each team needs that kind of edge in the middle of the field especially when you think of the Juventus side that has so many technical players in the middle and maybe you know not as much uh, power defensively and you know, he's someone who's shown his ability to go box to box. And, you know, I think he's, he's certainly impressed Pirlo. And I think he'll get some minutes in this one. Roger Gonzalez, always with the latest inside information and updates, uh, specifically with American talent in the Champions League. Roger, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We had Roger uh, earlier. And now we have. Jimmy Conrad, the expert. If you want some money, if you want some money, Jimmy Conrad is your man. Jimmy, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Luis. Great to see you as always. Jimmy, so excited. Let's get straight to it because your easy money is back, baby. What you got for us for Tuesday's Champions League action? <laughs> Can I start with uh, expert with quotations around it? You know, because, you know, I'm, I'm just easing into this role. But yeah, these are some easy money picks for you guys to consider for these upcoming Champions League games. Obviously, very excited to get into match day four. The first one for me is very, very enticing. The game itself overall should be very exciting. It's PSG against RB Leipzig. PSG is going to be in France for this one in Paris. They're plus 150 for them to win and both teams to score. I really like this one because even though RB Leipzig got the result last time in match day three, it was two to one overall. If you guys remember, Angel Di Maria scored very early. 
Then he missed a penalty. And within five or 10 minutes of them missing a penalty, RB Leipzig went down and scored right before halftime. And that really changed the complexion of the game. And they did that. Okay. PSG played this game without Neymar and without Mbappe. And I think that makes such a big difference with regard to obviously uh, those two world-class players in your team. So I like PSG to do the business. I think they're going to have it. However, they are a little leaky defensively. They were up 2-0 on Monaco this past weekend and gave up three goals and lost 3-2. to two. So they do have some vulnerabilities. I think RB Leipzig can take advantage, but I think PSG will get the win. I like that one a lot. Now the next one, and Luis, I think you like this one a little bit. It's Dinamo Kiev and Barcelona to draw plus 400. Now for me, this is tremendous value and worth maybe putting a flyer on because Barcelona are decimated with injuries right now, especially in their back line. Uh, Messi seems a little bit, all over the place, not really all that interested. Griezmann, and he's not going. He's not going, right? So you have that. And then you have Griezmann, who's a little bit all over the place, but maybe because Messi isn't going, then then Griezmann will maybe step up and do the business. I just feel like they're not settled, and they're still trying to figure out their identity with this new cast of characters. And with all the injuries, I think it's really hard for them to establish that. Excited that Serginho Dest will probably start. But if you remember in match day three, uh, Dinamo Kiev actually took it to Barcelona. They only lost two to one in this one, and they had a ton of chances. Ter Stegen made a ton of saves, and I feel like uh, Dinamo Kiev were a little hard done by not to get the draw. So I think they could do it at home, and plus 400 I think is good value if you want to put a flyer out there. Now, let's move to the next one. Cristiano Ronaldo to score, both teams to score, and Juve to win. That's plus 300. Now, Cristiano Ronaldo, for me, is the best to ever do it in the Champions League. He just scored two goals on the weekend for Juve. He's going to be in fine form. He's ready to do it. Uh, I do like, though, Ferenc Varos, who they're playing against. They got one goal against Juve last match day at home in Hungary. But this time around, there's something about the front three of Ferenc Varos that I really like. They're like a poor man's like Liverpool front three, right? They got, they got some exciting, dynamic guys. Juve's defense, for me, is not all that great. I mean, I think they will give up opportunities. And I like Takmak, number 10, for Ferenc Varo. She scored a banger of a goal uh, in this last match day. And they have other talented players, too. So I think both teams could score in this one or will score in this one. And then Juve to win and Ronaldo to score. It's plus 300. I like that. And then here's the last, my first parlay, or my second parlay ever. Inter Milan to beat Real Madrid. And yes, I know that Inter have been a little uneven in Europe, which is an Antonio Conte speciality. That's what he loves to do is not really be good in Europe unless he's in the Europa League and he's all right. But in the Champions League, he seems to falter a lot. They need to win this game if they want to actually compete for the top two spots in their group. They have to, they have to win this game. And Real Madrid are a little uneven as well. And I don't know if Sergio Ramos is going to play or whatever. I mean, they've got, they've got some question marks as well. So I think Inter is going to do it. And then Marseille to beat Porto. Marseille, this is, this is a little bit more of a flyer here, Luis, so you can, you can make fun of me about this one. But if you hit these two, Inter Milan to win and Marseille to beat Porto, it's plus 513. That's it, just for them to win straight up. Marseille have yet to score in three group stage games, okay? They uh, got smacked around by Porto in the last match day, 3-0. Marseille have some talented players on their team. Benedetto, Tovan, uh, Payet. I mean, they got all these guys, but... They can't even hit the back of the net. I think some pride is on the line in this one. They're playing in France, and they have to do something of consequence for them to even maybe have a sniff at the third-place spot, which is would go into the Europa League. I think if they can't learn from their mistakes against, being, against Porto, who they're playing again after losing to them 3-0, then I think you have to fire their manager, Andres Villas-Boas. I, I just don't think if, – if you're not improving upon – the, the results that you've already had so far in the Champions League, you got to let that guy go because the players aren't responding to you. So that's it. That's my easy money. I wish you guys the best of luck and have a good day. <laughs> Jimmy, I got to tell you, your easy money is always good. Like, I love it. This is the best one yet. Really? I, I, I am looking at these 
and each one offers so much value. First of all, I mean, PSG to win, both teams to score. Okay, I just, the ones that I'm looking at specifically, Ronaldo to score, both teams, because you, you're not asking uh, for a draw here. Juve still wins, and all you're asking is for French Farris to score, plus 300. And then the last one, that parlay is, I'm putting that to the bank. Inter Milan to Real Madrid, I feel like they're, they're going to want to do something. Uh, the break has probably done them good in the Champions League, you know, Conte to reconfigure. And I, I, feel, I feel what you're feeling. I, I really think that this is a make or break game for Marseille. And they're at home. I, I'm loving this, man. Easy money coming your way. This is your best one yet, Jimmy. Thanks. I appreciate that. Hopefully uh, all the betters feel the same way after it's all said and done. And by the way, before I forget, uh, so, you know, uh, the powers that be, don't get angry at me. You can also go to cbssports.com. A lot of uh, soccer props bets as well. Make sure that you go to cbssports.com forward slash fantasy, forward slash games, forward slash props dash pick them. All right. Just go to cbssports.com. Soccer props there as well. But Jimmy's easy money. Jimmy, before you go, let's just talk a little bit about Tuesday's action Specifically, I want your opinion on Rennes-Chelsea, okay? okay. Rennes-Chelsea. Obviously, Rennes, with all due respect, is a weaker opponent, uh, but they're at home, and, you know, you never know. You never know. Uh, they do have a lot of talent. It's the early kickoff in this one. No Pulisic once again, according to our, you know, insider, Roger Gonzalez. How do you feel about rennes Chelsea, is there anything there, do you think? When I'm looking at the group right now, Chelsea lead with Sevilla second. Ren need this one. I mean, they haven't won a game yet. Is there anything there, do you think? Um, for me, from a Ren perspective, I have all eyes on Camavinga. He's going to be apparently healthy for this one and ready to go. He's, uh, for everybody that's unaware, you're going to be hearing about Camavinga for many, many years. He's one of the most talented young players in the world. All the top clubs want a piece of him, and now here's his chance to play against one of the top clubs in the world and actually make a difference. So I think not only my eyes, but I think a lot of scouts eyes will be watching him as well and how he performs against Chelsea who are red hot right now. I really feel like Frank Lampard maybe got out of his own way a little bit, maybe overcoaching at the beginning of the season. He had so many players at his disposal. He was trying to figure out, you know, which lineup was the best, which formation was the best. And I think having Tammy Abraham or Olivier Giroud in the ninth spot has really unlocked Timo Werner's ability to not have to get, stand in between the two big center backs and get his butt kicked the whole time. He can actually pick up the ball and run at people. And we saw it this past weekend against Newcastle where he it's tremendous, tremendous run that led to the second goal for Chelsea. Timo Werner's on something special right now. And if you bring in Conte, and I think he also went to, he got, got away from the double pivot, Frank Lampard. So instead of having Conte and Jorginho, which slows your transition down a little bit, he just has one of those guys that usually starts. It looks like Conte might get it. He has his son. <laughs> I always call Mason Mountain his son, Frank Lampard, because no matter what happens, he's going to find room for Mason Mountain in starting 11. And then you got Kovacic. And then obviously you got Pulisic and you got hudson Adoy, and you got all these other guys. I mean, they have so many options. And then obviously when Havertz comes back into the team as well, uh, it just makes it more dynamic. I think when they have more guys that are thinking more box to box than maybe two guys that sit in that midfield and it's, They've really unlocked something. Then Chilwell's been fantastic. You got Reese James on the other side on the back line. Tiago Silva's steadied a little bit, and Zuma's been very good. Got Mendy and goal. I just like I like Chelsea completely in this game, but I am excited from a Ren perspective to see Camavinga in particular. And finally, um, we all know what happened to Manchester United when they visited Istanbul, Besiktas. They're hosting it now. Uh, they just got a, a win this weekend. Uh, granted, it was against West Brom, but it was a victory. Um, what do you see in that one? 
For me, it just depends on what Ole Gunnar decides to do. I mean, last time when they went to Turkey to, to get a result, he put out, you know, three or four of the same types of players. I think Mata started that game. Obviously, Bruno Fernandez started that game. Matic was in there. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, Matic sits a little bit, but but they just they didn't look like they were really ever in full flow uh, and, and really in charge at any point. And fair play to Bashakshir. They came out and played. Bashakshir haven't been very good in the league so far. So I think in terms of form, if you guys think the Manchester United are in good form, they're probably slightly better than uh, what we're seeing from Bashakshir here at the moment. But that confidence from that last game could make a big difference, Luis. So it's going to be interesting to see who Ole Gunnar starts. And again, I think we're, we're beating a dead horse with this, the same theme with them. They, they change their lineup every single game. And I think it's hard to build that rapport and consistency, but maybe that's because Ole Gunnar doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, that's what I see online. Of course, there's a, there's a bunch of Twitter coaches, you know, they're like, Oh, he should be doing this, that, and the other. And I, I guess we're part of that, right, Luis. So we have some ideas, but there is something to be said for kind of rolling out the same lineup, you know, game after game after game. So I'm kind of curious. I think Alex Tellis will come in left back for Luke Shaw though. Luke Shaw was very good. I thought in the, in this, this match day three, um, last time they, these two played against each other, I thought Cavani's actually looked pretty sharp. So I'd like to see him get a run out and actually start this game, but Martial scored the last time they played. So I don't know, I guess it really just depends on this lineup, but yes, this would be a big one for Manchester United, not only for them, but for a lot of clubs who are on the precipice. If they just win this game, they're going to solidify probably the top spot in their group. And imagine now, because these next three weeks are going to be brutal trying to balance domestic and, and European play. How are you going to balance your lineup? So if you can earn that top spot now in match day four, then you can rest the next two match days and let your younger players play and get that experience because you already know you're going through and then you can focus on more of the domestic stuff. Uh, this is a vital match day for so many teams. And Manchester United is definitely included in that. His name's Jimmy Conrad. He just gave us the best easy money <laughs> of the season so far. So much insight. And he will be back as well to recap the action. Always a pleasure to have him. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, as always. Guys, we will be back after these messages. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody, to wrap. All of this up, we have Jonathan Johnson from Paris as we discuss in more detail a few more pieces of information regarding Tuesday's action. JJ, how are you, buddy? 
Hey, very well. Thanks. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to have you. Let's begin with Paris Saint-Germain as they face RB Leipzig off a 3-2 loss against Monaco. It's a big game for Thomas Tuchel. What do you have for us with PSG as they welcome the German side? Yeah, absolutely. So PSG really staring down the barrel, uh, potentially dropping into the Europa League or worse. So this is do or die uh, for Thomas Tuchel and his PSG squad. Uh, obviously, we saw Neymar make his return to action against Monaco. Kylian Mbappe uh, grabbed himself a couple of goals. Uh, was unlucky to have a third chalked off. Uh, so, you know, there's a real pressure on these guys to step up and deliver for Tuchel uh, in this match because PSG absolutely have to beat Leipzig to keep the pressure off until next week when they go away to Manchester United. Uh, you know, but this this one is the the one that's really been sort of marked out on the calendar as the the key fixture in PSG's season so far. Unthinkable that they would not progress to the latter stage of the Champions League. We'll have to see uh, if those hopes are revised uh, after Tuesday night. But for the moment, all thoughts are you know moving forward and and hopefully getting out of the the Champions League group. So obviously, um, the Monaco result was was very disappointing. Uh, you know, there has sort of been an emphasis on PSG not panicking too much. Thomas Tuchel was saying in his pre-match press conference that it didn't really affect the, the locker room too much, uh, that result. I challenge that a little bit when you consider that PSG went 2-0 up. I mean, OK, a lot of a lot of Tuchel's selections for that match were with the Leipzig clash in mind, but still to go 2-0 up away from home uh, against a Monaco side that was missing. Uh, top scorer Wissam Ben Yedda. Uh, there was no Golovin either in the midfield. You know, and then to sort of have, you know, with all due respect to him, because he's, he's still a very fine uh, footballer technically, uh, you know, to have a, an ageing Cesc Fabregas to come off the bench and, and turn the match against you. Uh, you know, it's not a good look. Third loss already this season in Ligue 1 for, for PSG. So, you know, I think that there probably was a bit more disappointment in the dressing room than, than Tuchel was letting on. Uh, you know, there's big worries as well coming into this one against Leipzig with Presnel Kimpembe suspended in defence. Uh, that means that Marquinhos uh, will go back into the uh, into the back four. Uh, that's already been talked about in the pre-match press conferences. Marquinhos knows he's going to be lining up there. Tuchel knows he's going to be playing him there. Uh, and I think that part of the reason for that is the, the worry over Abdou Diallo's form this season. Diallo, of course, gave away the penalty and got sent off uh, that presented Monaco with the opportunity to win it through Fabregas at Stade Louis II. Uh, and that's the second time he's been sent off already this season. He's also been struggling with injuries and fitness, uh, you know, and PSG really need to be able to rely on their defence. Uh, so it looks like Marquinhos is going to be at the back to shore things up, uh, which means that we'll, we'll be playing with more of a set midfield. Uh, that'll be music to Danilo Pereira's ears. He's been playing in defence most of the time. Marco Verratti, we'll have to wait and see if he's fit and makes it through training. There is a possibility he'll at least be in the squad. And I think really, I mean, when you look at all of the matches that PSG have struggled in so far this season, the, the, the one thing that they're really missing is some invention in midfield, that link between this attack uh, and, the, and the players in the middle of the park. They're too often very workmanlike uh, in that middle area. Uh, you know, the tenacity of Leandro Paredes is obviously a big boost. 
But when you're aligning the likes of Idrissa Gay, who will miss this match through injury, uh, and a Herrera, who's going to face a late fitness test, uh, you know, there's not that much creativity there. So if Ferrati was able to get out onto the pitch, even for half an hour, that would be a big boost for Tuchel. But, you know, there is so much pressure uh, on the German coming into this one. You know, there's been a lot of tension uh, over the last couple of weeks, a lot of speculation over his future. Uh, you know, he's made it to this point, and I think if PSG can beat Leipzig now, uh, you know, he's obviously going to get the chance to lead the team against Manchester United, probably Istanbul Basak Shahir as well, uh, you know, and, and potentially salvage something uh, of this Champions League uh, for PSG at this moment in time. But it's obviously, uh, you know, quite worrying in the in the French capital uh, when you take into mind uh, you know some of the results they've picked up this season losing at home to Marseille uh, and then losing again to Monaco okay it's not costing them at the moment in terms of their league position but they really cannot afford anything but uh, you know a really strong performance against this Leipzig side and one thing that I would say counts in PSG's favour coming into a match like this cast our minds back to 2018-19 when PSG were in the group with Liverpool, Napoli, Red Star, Belgrade. They managed to dig out performances for Tuchel when they absolutely needed to. The pressure was on against Liverpool at home. They managed to get the win. Uh, you know, we've seen them as well last season, managing to get the win at the crucial moments against Dortmund with a very polished performance. So PSG do have that in their locker. Uh, you know, and I think that Tuchel will feel... Uh, you know, quite relieved that his players have performed for him in similar pressurized positions uh, before. But, you know, this is a Leipzig side that is very, very good, very talented, very young, uh, you know, and also has that hunger to, to really get one over on PSG after last season's semi-final defeat. Yeah, this is a huge game. But as you mentioned, PSG have done this before, have managed to turn it around. But time will tell if they do it again. Staying in France, let's talk about Rennes very quickly. We talked about it with Jimmy for a second. Obviously, uh, Kamavinga's return would be a good thing. But, you know, this is a team that hasn't won yet in the group. Uh, give me some stats as we look ahead to this matchup against Chelsea. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the stats, uh, you know, won't make for pleasant reading for Ren fans. One win in eight across all competitions, five losses from six. Uh, you know, that is very, very worrying uh, if you're hoping for a Ren to pull off a result. Uh, but, you know, but then again, I think when we're talking about Ren in the Champions League, we do have to bear in mind that despite some of the talented players they're able to put out there on the pitch, the likes of Camavinga, the likes of Doku, uh, you know, they are still, you know, very uh, inexperienced in terms of the Champions League. You know, this is their first, uh, their, their first season in it, uh, their first taste of, of group stage action. And I think, uh, you know, Ren's focus now, the same with Krasnodar, will be on that match between the two of them next week, because essentially the winner of that one, uh, you know, is probably going to take that, that Europa League spot. So unless Ren... Uh, or Krasnodar can, can pull off, uh, you know, some unexpected victory against a Chelsea or a Sevilla, uh, you know, which might be possible in the final round of matches. Uh, you know, I, d I don't see uh, either of them, uh, you know, sort of having any luck uh, against either of these two sides when they're lining up and there's uh, a place in the latter stages still on the line. I expect Chelsea and, and Sevilla to get, uh, to get business taken care of this week. Uh, you know, we'll see in the final two rounds of matches, you know, what surprises can be thrown up. But I think Ren should be focused on that match against Krasnodar uh, and anything that they can get against a Chelsea or a Sevilla, uh, you know, it's just a bonus, really. 
Yeah, a bonus indeed. All right, let's finish up with uh, an interesting group, uh, Borussia Dortmund, uh, of course, Club Brugge. What can you tell us about that matchup as we look ahead? Because it's kind of interesting as we return to Champions League action. What do you got for us? Yeah, so you've got Dortmund coming up against Club Brugge and you look at the way that the, you know, the group is quite finely poised at the moment. I mean, Dortmund seem to hold all the cards because they are leading the group at the moment and, and a positive result against Brugge would really put them in control of that group. But if Brugge could pull off an unexpected, uh, you know, victory and, you know, we have seen them uh, performing beyond expectations already so far this edition, uh, you know, that would really put the cat amongst the pigeons, so to speak, in this group, uh, you know, and, and, and set things up quite nicely. Uh, I, I think that Lazio will probably have just about enough uh, against Zenit. I think Zenit are already playing for, for Europa League at best. But for me, I think that, you know, especially when you consider, we've talked uh, in previous episodes about Dortmund's struggles on the road, they really need to make the most uh, of this home double header that's coming up to, you know, to absolutely stamp their mark uh, on this group, make sure of their places in the latter stages, because you just can't be sure what which Dortmund side is going to turn up on the road. So this, uh, you know, is a big opportunity for them. Uh, and, uh, you know, they will then fancy themselves if they can get the win against Brugge, uh, against Lazio next week. So I'd, I'd say that at this moment in time, you know, perhaps the most interesting storyline is what might happen between Brugge and, and Lazio, considering that they're the two sort of jostling for, for that second place in the group. But if, if Brugge were to get a surprise result against Dortmund, then that could really change the, the complexion of this group for the final two rounds of matches. Absolutely. I mean, Dortmund has six points, Lazio with five, Brugge with four, Zenit, St. Petersburg with one. So it's an interesting storyline to watch out for. Jonathan Johnson, you can read all his content on cbssports.com, our Champions League and soccer coverage. Thank you so much for joining us, JJ. Enjoy the games. And we will be back with him uh, later in the week, I'm sure. And especially if PSG going to win this one, what's the future for Thomas Tuchel? JJ, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot for having me and look forward to chatting later this week. I want to thank Roger Gonzalez, Jimmy Conrad, and of course, Jonathan Johnson for joining me today. Don't forget that we have plenty more recaps and previews coming up this week. Follow us on Pod on Twitter and make sure that you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher or anywhere else you listen to your pods. We will see you very soon. Enjoy the games.